Right, so this is episode 70, and it'll be fun to see what sound clips Pete's going to pull out today. But uh, how are you doing, Pete? You all right? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Look at those Kipax wankers. <laughs> oh, there's a start. There's a start. Honestly, I cannot imagine the amount of ammunition you've got in that regard now. You must have absolutely tons. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I've, I've definitely, uh, I'm loading up my uh, sound. I'm running out of uh, buttons to push on my machine. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, man, but I've had a pretty busy week. Been up to all sorts. Um, we can talk about that more much later. But um, how have you been, man? How have you been? What have you been up to? I've been good. I've been good. I'm COVID free, which is good news. I mean, yeah, it's been, a, even though it wasn't painful, it was annoying. Uh, but uh, yeah, at this point mm. I've tested negative, which is good news. So you didn't have, you didn't have too tough a time with it or anything like that. Anyway, everyone in the family's okay and all those things. No, all good. The only thing that got in the way was, so obviously my wife, she caught it when I brought home. So she's yeah, lots of comments about like, oh, you didn't take me to the UK, but then you brought me COVID back. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I'm getting a lot of that. And then it actually stepped on our trip to Portugal, which we were supposed to leave. <laughs> we were supposed to leave the other day, but we, we were still positive. So we had to cancel our flight. Uh, so now we're like on a mad dash to possibly salvage part of that trip. And it wasn't even like a trip where we just go and oh, we want to visit the sites. We're actually meeting people there. So it's like, yeah. So we're trying to make that work, but uh, yeah, so I, you're, I don't so regret you're, it. <laughs> so your your jolly over to the UK cost your wife a European trip. Yeah, I brought her a, a deadly uh, disease back, uh, and <laughs> and I ruined her really fun trip that she's been looking forward to. <laughs> oh, it's a sorry not sorry scenario, I'm afraid from yeah. my angle, it really is. Um, but yeah, I'm glad. Obviously, I'm glad you both are all right. And yeah, man, you you fucking hell, you've gone all this so much, man. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't need you don't need another one. You're all right. Get You're the right. fuck. <laughs> Fuck off, Pete. Uh, <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> you know, I'm, I need to up my game here, man. Yeah. I, I, you've got to share some ammunition. It's like at school, man, and you make water bombs. He's like, we well, got to share. I ain't got yeah. any left. He's like, oh, tough shit. Should have made more. Fucking have that. Well, the problem is no, you do have on. the best one. It literally says my name in it. So, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I, I'm quite pleased about that one, to be honest. I was quite proud of thinking I'm fucking, I'm going to put that. On my fucking little sound pad, I'm going to press it. <laughs> Pete's going to fucking piss it. <laughs> that was brilliant. But uh, yeah, man, speaking of brilliant, the past four episodes that we've done have been so much fun. I mean, like just going over, you know, Glasgow, going over Temple Newsom, really getting, a, you know, sort of a backstage pass, if you will, to what was going on with you guys has just been absolutely awesome. So appreciate you uh, sharing that with me and the rest of the folks that listen. Uh, I think the one area that we didn't cover, and it wouldn't have made sense to cover it first because everyone was so excited to hear about the gigs, but yeah. I think there's definitely plenty to chew on with the pre-rehearsals the pre-production all that stuff that you guys did the week leading up to it so if it's okay with you i would love to spend a little time talking about that absolutely absolutely and i think it's important as well and i agree wholeheartedly that uh it made much more sense to to crack straight on with um you know talking about the shows and actually those days and and how that was but yeah but yeah, so I mean, the, like you said, there was so much to talk about in terms of pre-production. Uh, I'm sure there was from everyone's point of view. Um, but I mean, obviously, as usual, it's a, a lot of this podcast is sort of from from my point of view. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it probably it you know, and we will talk to some of the other lads at some point. But I'm pretty sure all the things that were resonating with me, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that was the same for everyone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And. It was such a great atmosphere. And I don't know, I mean, like everyone saw, I had a lot of anxieties um, like about the gigs, but it wasn't just 
that, do you know what I mean? It was like, because obviously we've had rehearsals, but a lot of the time it's been sort of, you know, three, four hours maximum, just in like a low key rehearsal room and and then we sort of go home. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, that's not the same as um, being in a, like a, a much more professional setup, like proper pre-production rehearsals, like we were in like all day, do you know what I mean? Sort of all together and sort of proper falling back into our old dynamic. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that's one thing that was certainly, and I think we've covered it, all of us um, separately and myself, that as much as we were a very strong United gang back in the day, in that sense, we still, there was still like a, an underlying awkwardness. Do you know what I mean? To, to a degree in terms of, in terms of some aspects of spending time together anyway. And obviously, so, I mean, I was a bit, I mean, and I'm, I'm sort of apprehensive about all sorts of weird shit because we were uh, doing it in Bradford and he's like, well, you know, it's not that far, but, yeah, you know, I don't fucking know where it is. I don't know Bradford very well at all. So it, uh, even at that point, you're like, well, that's going to be a pain in the ass. And, <laughs> and Stu were like, oh, well, you know, I'll take you. I'll jump in with me. And other than the first day where we had to, you know, get sort of a few more bits of gear and stuff down, like me and Stu were sort of going together most days, which, you know, I, I really fucking enjoyed. Um, I absolutely loved that because, because obviously, you know, obviously I haven't really, other than sort of the past kind of two years, obviously, but I haven't, I, because I didn't really have contact with anyone from the band. Do you know what I mean? Really? Um, not really done that properly. And then obviously the times we've been together, it's been all four of us just kind of in yeah. one room. Do you know what I mean? So there's that, that band dynamic takes over. But I just like sort of me and Stu just sort of chatting in the car. Do you know what I mean? Like I really, really enjoyed that. And oh, yeah. I don't know. It made me really, it just, uh, like I say, it just like, none of the old awkwardness that any of us had because we all had our own issues back then do you know what i mean and when we've been on the road that long and become that um sort of jaded in, in effect really um you know we all had our own issues and sometimes communications were awkward and it's just it was just such a, a relief and such a, a pleasure to sort of spend time with i'm not all the students you know what i mean phil as well exactly the same with phil sure. sort of Phil had come down on drive as well on uh, on a few of the, I mean, because we were there, we were in seven days, I think, weren't we? I think we were there seven days, so we kind of alternated who were driving. Whereas back in the day, like I'd just drive myself everywhere. And to be honest, a lot of the time, that would kind of to keep myself out of the atmosphere that could exist between us four at sure. times. And I were always just like, I, and I do have a thing where I'm like, when I decide I want to go from somewhere, I like to have the ability to, you know, at my own behest to go. I don't, I don't often like being in a position where I can't just go, I want to go. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure. Not, that that, not that that would have been the case here, but that's just an in general thing about me. Um, no, that makes sense. As a matter of fact, you guys, you know, it's it's been documented, especially on this podcast, that the early recording experiences with you guys have been like this very rare, unique process where not many words were spoken, uh, but you guys actually evolved these songs. And, you know, in retrospect, you guys look back and say, oh, well, maybe that was just because of the awkwardness or just really just the way you guys were. But inevitably, you guys didn't spend a lot of time talking when you built those songs. And so definitely mm -hmm. one of my questions for you was going to be, when you go back, you know, like, how does that, how is that dynamic where you guys weren't really used to having lots of conversation w during rehearsal? And then did you need it now? Well, I think, I mean, the communication across the board is just infinitely better. I, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about sort of traveling with Stu and that, that being nice and chatting and catch, catching up on stuff just about life. Do you know what I mean? That we haven't really talked about. Because I have, I have spoke to Phil and Jen a little bit more probably than I have Stu and Rob over the years. Um, 
but you know, not for not for any other reason. That's the circumstance. But it was great to catch up with Stu. But yeah, I mean, getting on to actually getting to rehearsals because I mean that's the other thing you have to understand really is like how how long ago this all feels for me and all the shit that I've talked about and you know I had to work so long to um had to work so long to convince myself that this wasn't what I wanted to be doing. Do you know what I mean? And trying to push out the memories of of how much I loved it. And then to be like, well, you know, we're actually going into proper production rehearsals next week. Do you know what I mean? That was like, that was such a big deal to me. And like, I was really excited about it. And again, like we had proper crew in for it. So we had the monitor engineer and Kevin set up proper monitors and stuff and uh, backline techs. And, um, you know, it was a, it was a proper, proper setup. And I was just fucking giddy as fuck me. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, you know, you don't express it too much outwardly, but inside I would just like, fucking hell, this is the dream come true to be doing this again. Oh, yeah. Literally, man. Just like, honestly, and that's one thing that I think has been at the forefront of my mind. And it was definitely the forefront of my mind on stage at Temple News. And my own Glasgow was, take this in. Do you know what I mean? Whereas in the past, I'd just be like, this is what I do, man. I'll be doing this for the rest of my life. It's just another fucking show. Yeah. I've had 10 years to reflect on the fact that that's not the truth. Do you know what I mean? And to and to live with the idea that I, I'm not going to do that again. Do you know what I mean? So like not only getting to do something as cool and exciting as production rehearsals, but you know, jumping forward again, sort of being on in those moments on stage and all those other moments, um, was much more I was consciously thinking, fucking, you know, literally, as I say, make sure you take all this in. Don't let this feel like something that is just gonna pass you by. Do you know what I mean? Like engage your fucking mind as much as you can with it um so I, I was you know and when i was a little bit apprehensive about production rehearsals for various reasons all technical stuff you know i've explained before how much i fret about well is that going to sound right is that going to work and how's that going to work and the, the silly thing is is 10 12 years out of the game as i've been you kind of forget really that shit just gets done mm. do you know what i mean because you think you get out of that mentality of, well, it don't matter what problems we encounter, they will get sorted because there are people there who are yeah. trained to sort it. And when you look at them with panicked eyes, they look back at you and go, what are you doing, mate? This is my fucking job. You chill <laughs> yeah. out. You're paying me to sort this, these problems out. It's not your problem. Yeah. And, and 10 minutes later, it's fixed. And they're like, there you go. And like that'll be something that I've been sat for literally like eight months going, fuck, how, how, how am I going to make that work? How am I going to make that work? And then you finally get to ask someone who knows the question and they're like, you just do that. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, exactly, it's done. Yeah. What's the big deal? And you're like, well, uh, it turns out there isn't a big deal, but I didn't know that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, so funny. with all those sorts of worries, getting into pre-production and getting stuff set up and like, I just... You know, I started getting really excited and anyone who follows me on Twitter will have seen like numerous videos and pictures from from the first day of getting set up and stuff. There was loads of pictures and videos and Rob and Stu dancing and I don't know, man. I just sat like with a massive smile on my face all the time and like I was sending out little tweets and stuff and just generally getting properly, like I say, just properly not taking it for granted and just, just loving being in the moment, you know, Almost like Shawshank, where he sat on the roof where after he's tarred it and he's just fucking laid back there. Honestly, just like such a feeling of contentment. Like, yeah, I suppose that with, with that, it, you know, that that also was that came with an element of well, you know, what 
what next? But that, that that wasn't overwhelming. Whereas in the past, that what next would have overwhelmed everything. It wasn't a case of that. It was just like, this feels, this feels great and it feels natural and uh, it feels fun. That was the main thing. And then obviously, and as I've said, we have had a, a few rehearsals in like in, in Iger Studios, which is great, but it's, you know, you it, you don't get set up uh, like it, we were in a proper venue at the mill in terms of, I mean, Iger does have a proper venue as well. Sorry, I don't want to sound like I'm doing a disservice to Iger. Sure. But in, term, in terms of the setup and everything, um, you know, it was more convenient for us to be at the mill in terms of the gear we were going to be bringing in and all the connections, you know, all sorts of boring technical shit anyway. But it, that's a much more different environment when you've got full monitors set up for everyone um you know everything suddenly becomes real then because the drums are amplified massively so it's vibey as fuck it's like playing the gig you might as well be playing a gig you know in mm. terms of from our perspective it's just like being on stage is production rehearsals and that's exactly what the for yeah you know what i mean it, it's about it, that's what the for is for that practice of right this is this is we're on stage now we're going through this and it sounds like we're on stage everything's loud as fuck it sounds amazing and I mean, and it's in those moments where I was just like, oh, fuck, this is fucking ace. Do you know what I mean? There were no element of sort of playing. And that's the thing with us. Like, we can't do it half-assed. We, you know, it's not like, right, this is practice, so everyone just sit there like they can't be fucking bothered. It's not in us because we're all rooted in those songs and we just fucking love it. And yeah. I think that's one thing that comes across when we play live. Uh, and it's something about me and this podcast and my videos is that I'm really fucking genuine. I think us, as a band, our sound and how we approach gigs is really fucking genuine, man. You know, there's no one who's too fucking cool for school or, do you know what I mean? Looking like they can't be fucking ass being there. Everyone is just like part of the same magical thing at that moment and just fucking loving it. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, I really never wanted to take any of it for granted. So that's why I was filming the production rehearsals and really enjoying putting those videos out on Twitter. Not just the messing around ones and setting up ones, but the actual playing ones. I mean, what did I put out? I think I put out Truth, didn't I? I put out oh, yeah. Freedom Fighters. And, you know, we were set up in that little horseshoe because it was actually in a venue, but we weren't on the stage. We were actually set up on the floor. Oh, okay. And that was and that was a bit weird when I walked in. I was like, "Well, no, we're not on stage." And monitor and Dave, scout, monitor engineer, were like, "No, it's it's going to work better if you set up and like a horseshoe on the floor here, you know." And I was straight away. I was like, "Oh, all right, whatever." And then we did it, and you start playing. You're like, "Fucking, I just forgot that everyone knows what they're fucking doing, don't they?" Do you know? <laughs> Honestly, just honest, like. You see, stood there playing, really enjoying it, but inside you're like a little fucking child. Like, fuck <laughs> me, this is like all Christmases and shit. Just, yeah, you know, Rob, Rob fucking stood next to me, fucking getting into it. Do you know what I mean? You're mm -hmm. just like, this is just fucking yeah. absolute dream come true. And so, one, you know, one thing I did wonder is like, well, you know, it's going to be, where am I going to sort of have a few uh, smokes or whatever? Do you know what I mean? You know what I'm like? And, um, sort of went in there and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to fucking stand outside on straight. I don't like that. And then I spoke to the tour manager. I'm like, is there anywhere I can, you know, smoke in here? And he was like, oh yeah, in office, you're fine. Look at size of that extractor fan. Oh my God, mate. <laughs> it was like a fucking jet turbine off a plane screwed into a bastard wall and you could crank <laughs> that shit so that it just sucked all the oxygen out of the room. And like um, the office were upstairs so you could walk upstairs and there's big bloody extractor. So I just fucking, it was honestly like, the, the production rehearsals were just heaven for me because there were no restrictions in that sense we could just and it was just like old times man that's yeah. sort of all what i used to do sort of have a burn and then go find them lot and have a mess about a kick about have a laugh do you know what i mean and then go well cruise off and have another burn or whatever and when I'm that glad, you know I'm glad when you that got was, that sorted because i know that was definitely one of the things that you were worried about oh yeah man like you know i'm sure I, it's 
what can I say? Fucking what? Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not one of them people who's just like I fucking do it anywhere. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Do you know what I mean? I'm not like that. I don't want to put it in people's faces. I don't like to be I'm not sure. just with stuff like that. I really don't. But at the same time, it's like point me where I can fucking just go have a smoke then, man. Do you know what I mean? I'm not fucking hurting anyone. I just want to have a smoke so yeah. I can get into my my I can get into a headspace that feels normal and not feel yeah, yours okay. is way more medicinal. You're not out there trying to party and break chairs. Yeah, no, exactly, man. Yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to get level and fucking, um, and you know, yeah. feel normal because that's what normal is for me. But yeah, I mean, so that side of it, just an absolute joy. And, um, you know, Rob, as soon as we got there, Rob's just like, right, I'm fucking ordering Nando's. And he's just like, well, already. Honestly, I fucking, honestly, I fucking love Rob, honestly. I mean, I love them all, obviously, but. What's Nando's? Like, well, Nan, what's Nando's? Do you yeah. not have Nando's over there? Chicken. Mm-mm. All right, okay, fair enough. Nando's is like a chicken place. Um, but yeah, I mean, spending time with Rob has just been a fucking joy, honestly. Uh, and it's, a, I have to say, right, it's a pleasure to see him um, in the headspace that he's in. Do you know what I mean? I know that he still works. Um, he works at certain things, but in terms of just in general, yeah like such a joy and a pleasure to be around whereas um you know sort of towards the end of of the music and when we were communicating and uh, we were all in strange headspaces obviously but um you know sort of mine and his relationship was very different and he he was quite different in himself but you know i think because there was so much unhappiness in us all yeah but yeah, that well, I've loved reconnecting with Rob. I mean, we've we've reconnected a lot anyway. Um, but I think as soon as we started pre-production, like I think me and him were very much. I don't know, man. It just I fucking love the kid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, I do. I do. I genuinely do. And I love spending time with him. And everything he does makes me laugh. Every facial expression he pulls makes me laugh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I. I just get such a buzz off um, spending time with him. And, and like I say, same with Stu. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's amazing the difference in Stu, like massively. And that's another thing that, you know, in terms of Stu would, would allude to as well in the same way that I would and Phil would and Rob would, that we were all difficult back then. We all had our own difficulties. But Stu is so different, like so different, like in, in obviously a massively good way. And for whatever reason, do you know what I mean? General maturity or whether it's having, you know, having kids and, and uh, sort of taking on that responsibility. But um, just, yeah, an absolute pleasure to to be around Stu and to, and to play music with him again. But yeah, one of my favorite parts about the whole story, honestly, with this is that you and Rob seeing the relationship, you know, uh, get back together and seeing it get stronger and then seeing that whole experience and then seeing the pictures after the gig or even before the gig, right before you guys went on, like seeing those pictures. And it's honestly part of the, this whole storyline. It's probably one of my favorite threads in the whole thing is, is that relationship. So absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can have quite an intense, um, what's the word? Well, I can be quite intense at times. Do you know what I mean? And I know that, um, I, I think noticed. in the past, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, and I think in the past that's been a dynamic that's um, been difficult for people, obviously. But yeah, I'm, uh, like me and Rob just got on fucking great, and yeah, I've I've grown up a lot, and not only I've grown up a lot in the last two years, or changed a lot in the last two years. And I think I think what fueled me at the start of these two years that's led to all this, I think what was fueling me at the start of that all it was very productive. And, and Fletch, you'll attest to this. Yeah because you saw it although it was productive it was fucking um manic mm. wasn't it it, yes, was, it was it was it, it was an incredibly manic energy 
that was full of God knows how many emotions and things. And I, yeah, I mean, um, I think that, you know, that can be difficult for people sometimes. And I think, I think that was difficult for Rob as well. And, you know, I'd have no problem understanding that completely. You know what I mean? That's something I've all, I've always had is a massive inter- insight into myself mm-hmm. and into my own behavior. And I, I personally believe anyway, that if you, if you don't have insight into, into your own behavior, um, you're, you're kind of doomed really in terms of any developmental sense anyway. Do you know what I mean? Especially, um, well, it just yeah. as simple as that, really. If you don't have insight, you don't have much else. Um, so. and yeah, we've um, and yeah, we, we we've all changed so much. And like I say, everyone for the better. And Phil, Phil as well. Phil is incredibly different um, to how he used to be. And everyone's just so much fun to be around. Do you know what I mean? It, everyone, it's just fucking everyone's so much fun to be around. It's just such a fucking laugh. Do you know? yeah. Me and Rob, me and Rob were giggling like little kids trying to fucking hide soaring on each other. <laughs> And it turned into an absolute mission for me. And it, you know what I mean? Because that's what being in a band is about. It is like, uh, I want, I want a test to throw out realistic percentages, but say it's 15% doing music and being cool as fuck. And the remaining percentage, I'm not good enough at math to know how many percentages is left, but the remaining is just sitting around doing fuck all and trying to entertain yourself. And we always used to do that by being silly. Do you know what I mean? And that appears to have not fucking changed. <laughs> and what I love is Skelts, they Skelton. He used to work with us back in day and we have some random conversations us four when we're together. And like Dave Skelts, I mean, over like during these production rehearsals, he's over setting things up on his desk, and I, I'm telling a bit of an anecdote about one of my mates, and look over and Skelts is just fucking absolutely in tears, bent over his desk, and I'm like, what? You're laughing at? <laughs> and then I can't, I can't remember. I think it was Rob. We're just like fucking hell. We've not been back together long, and we're already, uh, you know, just having the most random, <laughs> hilarious conversations. And yeah, the um. Uh, the owner of the mill, actually, Ali, uh, lovely bloke, great bloke. Uh, lot, you know, uh, really enjoyed meeting him and spending time with him. Obviously, when I go up to the office for a bit of a smoke, I have a chat with Ali. But yeah, he owns a mill, and um, he he uh, was kind enough actually every morning to be like, "Here's a massive bag of bloody." 32 packets of Walker's crisps. You know, oh, fucking get on. Or here's a load of hobnobs or whatever. Or jammy dodges, I think we had one day. And then one day he brought saurine. And they was just like, oh, I brought, brought you a load of saurine. And I'm just like, all right, nice one, mate. Nice one. And he went, ah, it's like, saurine? Fuck. I mean, like, what the but, fuck? So then, for, so, that, so that turned into me just randomly going up to Rob with a bit of saurine going, uh, you uh, fancy any saurine, mate? He's been like, uh, no, no, I'm all right, pal. <laughs> and then I did that for a bit and that, that was amusing me. The problem with me is like really strange little repetitive things amuse me. And they get funnier and, and funnier, right? <laughs> and they can amuse, exactly can amuse me to the point that it look it, like, I'm sure some personalities or some people would be like, what are you doing, you prick? You know, I'd be, I'd be like, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm fucking a force of nature and I'm having fun, try and fucking stop me. Do you know what I mean? I'm giggling like a child because I'm trying to hide this bar of fucking sorry on me, mate. Just like I did with Dave when I had that fucking dried up dead mummified frog in his pocket. It's exactly the same thing, man. Do you know what I mean? You got a mate, you got a fucking, <laughs> he fucking nearly went through roof and van. I don't even know if I've told that story on podcast. But yeah, anyway, it very quickly, oh, have I not? Have I not told that? I don't think so. He very quickly turned into me anyway, sort of trying to hide her. And I got one on him because he was wearing a hoodie and he was just stood there sort of making a brew and I just slide past him and I slipped one in his pocket and just walked past him and looked at him and he's just looking at me going, what are you fucking done? Like, no. Like, you bastard, where is it? Like, looking at he found it. It's like, so that became the game then just trying to get a bit of sorry on someone without them realizing 
incredibly, incredibly childish, but endlessly fun. And then he went into like a little room to do his warm up. And then at that point, I'm like, fuck me, I've got 10 bars of this shit here. Where can I stuff it? <laughs> I'm looking at his new guitar thinking I stuff it into the F holes. Oh, no. oh, no, that's not a good idea. He won't be happy about that. <laughs> Sorry, mate. But yeah, and then he's, pe- he's peering out of this glass in between this door to see what I'm doing. And I'm trying to act normal and just really, really childish shit that you'd you do is really young kids and find fucking hilarious. And I don't know, maybe that's what we regressed to when we're together. Maybe we regressed to sort of just like that, that level of silliness, yeah. but laugh to fuck. I love laughing with them lot. Do you awesome. know what I mean? Honestly, it fucking, and then Tim and Tony being there as well, like old times, because, you know, like I say, back in day, it'd be us five, us four and then Tim as well. Cause Tim's a bit like us. And then Tony just, you know, the sort of the adult serious one. Just, yeah. The adult. Yeah. Just stood there looking at us, just going, what the fuck? Are you block doing? Do you know what I mean? Walking out in disgust, but <laughs> yeah, it was perfect, man. And we'd get set up and 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 we quickly overcame all the technical problems. And I'll tell you what, like when we started playing, and again, playing the Iger, just you know, sort of guerrilla style as we were doing it, you get to know so much, but you don't really get a feel for what it's really gonna be like. Do you know what I mean? Once everything's mic'd up, all the drums are mic'd up and the kick drum fucking knocks you into next week. Do you know what I mean? All that shit. That's when you really feel it and you're like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> And it was the same thing, man. Fucking production rehearsals, right? Get all the guitar sorted. That took some doing. That was a mission, and I was stressed about that. I was really stressed about making sure the Kemper were right. But I think I said, alluded to in one of the uh, recent episodes that that was just a breeze, and that all got sorted. But yeah, same deal. So I start playing the opening riff of the dance and think, sounds great. Phil gets on the ride cymbal, and you're like, yeah, man, that sounds great. And then fucking boom, when he actually starts playing them drums, you're like, yeah. oh, shit, man, this is going to be a fucking riot. Well, never did, mind good. Yeah. It's going to be a fucking riot. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, just absolutely on fire. And um, it's daft considering how little we've had in the way of proper rehearsal times, and we can just knock that shit out. Like, I, I don't know. I think we're fucking better than we were. I think we're fucking better than we were. Yeah, well, yeah, I can attest to that. It sounded masterful for sure. It did not seem like rusty musicians on stage. But my question for you was, did you guys walk into that week of pre-production with the set list sorted? Like you guys knew what it was going to be when you walked in or did you talk about it while you were there and be like, well, let's do this? Well, yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, um, for the most part, we had it nailed down. Um, There were elements of it that we were like, is, you know, is that going to work? Is this going to work? And there were a couple of key links and stuff that we, we did, we did that were really cool, like linking inconceivable odds into the start of strength in numbers. Do you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like a, um, like a seamless thing. So as well as the actual set and the songs, there was like things like that. Do you know what I mean? Working those moments out, like that, how we were going to go from inconceivable odds into strength and out of the dance straight into long road which we did without of like a bloody pause you know that 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 takes coordination shall we say and then like the drum section on bleed that needed that you know we were and that's something i was a little bit like because i'm one of those people i don't know if i've described but i need i need lots of boxes ticking in my mind before i feel at ease with something do you know what i mean and a lot of the uh, one of the boxes was what's happening with the drum bit from bleed because i know that phil and Stu for a long time have been like let's do something a little bit different and that scares me in a way because i'm like well <laughs> we all know 
that we all know the original version it's great why yeah. would we look to change it do you know what i mean and it, it made me slightly nervous so that was something that i was slightly appreh- apprehensive about but that you know that was fucking they did a great job like because i just did the same thing that i always did because they just made like these subtle changes but just made it made it a little bit more of a spectacle and um yeah i thought i think that's a fucking great moment man really oh, key yeah. moment yeah, Stu uh, having that I, extra, that full drum kit really enhanced yeah. the sound and it's synchronized with the two drum kits. But then you just being on the snare actually really complemented the two drum sets. I, I thought it was fantastic. That was amazing. And probably one of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah, man. And that's what it's always been. It's always been a big moment in the show is that, you know what I mean? There's always like key moments in our show, big moments. You know, I could fucking list them, but we'd be here for a while. But yeah, I mean, it was just in terms of the set list, really, that as much as it was a hard decision in certain respects it became easier really like because you have to understand like when we were like we planned it and it got postponed and stuff so what we were intending to do initially in terms of the amount of practices we were going to do it didn't work out that way and then it was like right let's synchronize everyone's diaries availability wise and obviously rob is really really busy everyone else is as well but yeah. sort of rob robbing a little bit more of a um you know a way that you can't sort of be flexible with which is entirely understandable um sure, sure. but it but it resulted in sort of going all right okay well there's there's actually there's, there's actually not that many uh chances to rehearse <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Which, you know, made us all quite nervous. Um, as I say, we've all, we all went through different emotions going up to this gig. Um, and I certainly know me and Rob had a lot of conversations and Rob expressed himself quite a lot in the group chat. So, you know, sort of saying, look, just so everyone knows, I'm, I'm really nervous about how this is going to go in terms of the level of preparation we've had. But the pre-production for everyone was just brilliant. Rob was instantly comfortable when he saw the level of setup we were using and he was like, well, we need this, that and the other. And they were like, yeah, yeah, it's all there. Oh, there with bells on, and he's like, "Oh, fucking hell, nice one!" And then I'm like, "Oh, minced," because that's all. Like, you know, Stu absolutely solid. Do you know what I mean? It, there's not many things that Stu needs to be happy. Just needs his fucking bass loud and everything working. Phil as well. Phil really, really reliable and solid in that sense. But uh, obviously, because Rob has got to sing, and that's a little bit different. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, everything has to be right for him. Do you know what I mean? And I want everything to be right for him. The last thing I want is Rob nervous and not confident about. Yeah what he's going to be doing on stage. So, I mean, and that was really at the heart of everything. Um, everything going into this, really, even when it was originally planned, um, it really was a case of me and Rob sitting down and having the conversations we had about our relationship, which was fucking absolutely amazing and has revolutionized my life. And I, I don't know, I think he's probably done a great, for, a great deal for his as well. But second to that was effectively me... Um, convincing if it were a good idea to do these shows really and that's something that's something i don't think i've ever talked about that process um and i don't think there's anything wrong with talking about it but yeah i don't think rob's made any secret of the fact that um you know sort of being the front man was a lot of weight that he wasn't prepared to take in the same way um sure so you know when this became a possibility yeah it was it was a case of me uh, convincing Robert we're, we're a good idea like I say really and that <laughs> and that he could do it as well and like those kitchen videos those kitchen videos on YouTube what do you think they were that was me that was that was me going right like for the first step why don't I just come around with an acoustic guitar and just like try and sing do you know what I mean and see what happens and that's what those kitchen videos were oh yeah on my yeah man like uh, Inconceivable Odds and uh, Open Your Mind I think was the first one we did wanted to open your mind that's so good um 
<laughs> well, exactly, exactly. And you can see my smile in them fucking videos. And, you know, that was the first step to all this was me going right, Rob's and, you know, having the conversations we had and then going, right, what about, what, what, what about playing these songs and singing these songs? And <laughs> honestly, and, uh, you know, um, <laughs> there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to talk. I'd love to get Rob on and get his perspective oh, yeah. on that. But, you know, I think it was just tinged with him having a lot of apprehension about whether it'd work. Me too. Me too, really. Like, and, and we were both, you know, I say we both, the band collectively, we were all concerned about, well, it's one thing agreeing to do these gigs and setting it up, but what if it's shit or worse shit and it damages the legacy? And I just think we all forgot how fucking good we are, man. Yeah. I just, I genuinely think we forgot how fucking good we are. And like I said on the previous episode, I think about one of the crew lads saying, well, you know, it's easy when we work with lads like you that know what they're doing and professional and fucking good musicians who can actually play, you know what I mean? Like a real fucking band. A real band. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, wow, man. That you know, it almost puts things into context. Yeah, I was curious about that. Like, did those guys uh, that set up, you know, your your guys, right? Had they heard of you guys before or were they just like, all right, next guys? And then they were shocked how good you were. Or were they like, oh, yeah, we know we know who these guys are. Yeah, Dave Skelton, the monitor engineer, worked with us um, back in the day. So he knows us. Um, I think everyone had heard of us. I think Russ, the sound engineer, will have heard of us. It's a very small industry in that sense yeah. you know what i mean every every festival in the world is full of the same people um you know sort of um passing passing each other and oh, i saw you two weeks ago in there you know what i mean it's it's all the same people and when that band out touring their crew will go out with them so it's a uh, everyone knows everyone so uh, i'd not met um uh, russ miller the sound engineer or, or tom leach the backline tech uh but I, I mean, I don't, well, I don't really fucking know if Tom had heard of us. He was a young, younger lad. Tom was only 25 or something. But uh, either way, man, they fucking uh, did awesome, did awesome jobs. And that was a real worry for us. We've had a real problem with the fact that because there was only those two shows, and again, this is something I spoke about, but because there were only those two shows uh, coming out of COVID in the way that we have been, the fact that no one's had any work, um, obviously, and the crew, like lots of people have got out of this industry from a crew point of view. Lots of people have jumped ship. There was no work for two years, man. Do you know what I mean? Lots of people have physically jumped ship because they they couldn't afford not to. Sure. So now crew are thin on the ground. And then we've got people, you know, saying, yeah, we've got two days for you here. But then if someone comes and goes, we've got a year, they're going to go with the guys who are giving them a year, man. Do you know what I mean? And that's... Absolutely fine. We understand that, but that was that was a stress. But uh, we were thrilled to have to get such great guys, great crew, and the lighting engineers as well, and the light designer, and uh, the, everyone on board in the lighting team were that were all fucking insane. And yeah, the that were all a massive worry. That were a big worry as well. Do you know what I mean? There's been so many elements of this because that's the thing that's been fascinating is back in the day we had no to do with any of this. It was a machine back in the day, and it, things just got put into place. Whereas with this, over the last sort of two years, it's kind of been like we've we've had so much to do. Do you know what I mean? In terms of like being involved with everything and seeing how everything works. And it's just a very, I don't know, it all feels very different in that in that regard. But well, it was cool. The lights, I know they weren't in the in the pre-production. Obviously, you're not going to set them up in that room. But, but there was obviously a lot of intelligence that went into the lights. Like, for example, Bleed was red. Getaway was blue for like yeah, heaven. Yeah. Like there were so many things like that. that I, and, and, so, and, and obviously, they were very specific to each song. So whoever set yeah. that up 
really was like aware of the songs Great, and, and even Great. what they meant. So did you That's guys have awesome. any input in that or was it just like, Yeah, oh. well, exactly. I mean, it's awesome that you picked up on that and it's awesome that it was so apparent and, uh, you know, the, the lighting guys will be absolutely thrilled with that because, yeah, I mean, although we've never worked with those guys before, um, the lighting designer or the technician or the operator, all we did, we had a few conversations and we sent them a few videos and it were like, um, they watched The Last Dance as well. Ah. Do you know what I mean? I was like, the best, the best indication we're going to be able to give you is the last dance do you know what i mean and that'll show you the vibe of what the lights used to do in that you can hear the songs sure. you can look for the cues you can plan the cues so yeah so we gave the lighting guys the, um, the last dance and i gave them the set list and we're like look this is these are the songs you can watch that and get everything from that so that's what we did and that's what enabled them like you say to just have such great cues great timing make the lights so effective time in with the music and use them to enhance emotional moments or other moments you know moments powerful moments anything like that it's all part of the art of it and that's it couldn't have got for all the things that could have been a pain in the ass and not worked and brought you know it's weird it's down to stupid things like how many times we've played those songs and you know you're playing production rehearsal it's like it sounds fucking amazing you're playing the dance and it's like it sounds fucking amazing and then my brain goes yeah what are you going to do if if i know it sounds good now what are you going to do if when you're on stage? Phil starts playing the dance and his drumstick flies out of his hand. <laughs> and like, so the, the 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 power that you build throughout the dance, which makes a set work, yeah. is instantly snuffed by a technical thing that just never happens. Do you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and they're all, all like, what if you drop your plectrum? Like, I never dropped it. Honestly, if like, someone asks me to play a guitar, I pick up a plectrum, I play the guitar instinctively. When I'm going on stage, you should see me trying to, place the plectrum correctly in my fingers <laughs> 10 minutes before i go on stage it's basically me stood there holding the plectrum between my finger and finger and thumb and looking at it and going no that's not right and just turning it a tiny little millimeter and then walking around and going no that's not right that's not the right angle and then before i know it i'm like shit my fingers are piss wet through this thing's gonna slip out my hand and i stop fucking messing about but honestly like i i put it in my mouth is it about 15 minutes or 10 minutes before we go on stage i put my plectrum in my mouth and i just like it's in my hands it's in my mouth it's in my hands it's in my mouth probably not advisable in covid times but i don't give a shit at this point you know what i mean you just like fucking hell nerves have kicked in or whatever but yeah it is fascinating standing there just try to get the plectrum exactly right in my fingers and then when we come out and I'm stood there when the intro's going I'm stood there waiting to play it first note at dance and again I'm just like oh shit I can't fucking remember I can't remember which note it is honestly fucking Glasgow it was fine Leeds I came out looked at my guitar and just went I can't fucking remember which note it is to the point where I actually ruined the start a little bit because while the Matrix speech were running I was like oh there it is there it is there it is that's right that's right that's right i gotta and then listen I'm, back and now. Then, oh yeah and then again i'm stood there with the plectrum placing it in my fingers going fuck is that right is that right is that right just like the first note and they say i'm going up into the truth is no word solo do you know what i mean try to get nail that solo and leading up to that you're like right okay i've got to fucking make this a smooth transition don't you drop that bastard plectrum. <laughs> and like me being me i've never got any spares if I drop and it's black as well, so if I drop the plectrum on stage, I'm screwed. Really, do you know oh, what I mean? I, I've I, seen I, so many guitar players have like five of them on there. Uh, you know, like <laughs> they stick them. I on fucking don't. Guitar. I don't drop them, mate. I fucking. I don't. And as much as I sit there and fiddle and worry, thinking yeah. I've got sweaty finger, I'd never fucking drop them. Yeah, it's like my phone. Yeah. Like I, I, when I take pictures, like by a bridge or something high, I never. I, I just do it normal. My wife's always like, use two hands. 
like over the yeah. high. And I'm like, why? It's it's the same as if you were not over the bridge. It's all in your head. Exactly. Like, what are you worried about? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very well put. And it's the same thing. So if you dropped your 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 uh, your plectrum, you'd be screwed. Uh, yeah, well, it's, I think if I couldn't see it, yeah, and especially in lights. That was one thing the light engineers didn't quite take into account. It looked amazing, but in between each song, the stage went completely dark. Uh. And I was just like, I fucking, I tell you what, it's not like I can't see fuck all. I literally can't see fuck all. Someone could have an M16 in my face here. I wouldn't have a Scooby fucking do. Honestly, I'm trying to tune this guitar. I can't even fucking see it. Do you know what I mean? And then you're like, oh shit, fu- fucking hell. And then I'm thinking, oh, bastard. And it's not so much that. It's obviously on my pedal board. Like my old pedal board was lit up like a fucking airport. Uh, so it didn't matter how dark it was. You could be like, yeah, tap, tap, tap. That Kemper one, it's fucking not. So when the stages went, Bastard, like completely pitch black. I was like, hang on, I can't fucking see out here. I can't even put the right fucking thing on. And like Phil couldn't see me. So like Phil's relying on me to be ready for when he starts the click track for his uh, to keep in time. And I'm like, I can't even tell him that he needs to wait. Because I can't fucking see my pedal board, you know what I mean? <laughs> fucking hell. I don't, I, I, but I don't know whether each time a bit of light faded up just into, I don't know. It's just those little moments, though, that you're just like, fucking hell. But um, yeah, I, you know, the, the lights were fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely amazing. And that's another thing we were on, in the planning side that were really difficult getting the lights nailed. And, you know, it was a case of, well, you know, how big are we going to go with the lights? You know what I mean? What's going to be the. You know, what's it going to look like? And then there's me going, come on, it's fucking June. You know, I mean, is it even going to be fucking dark by bloody 10 o'clock? Does anyone know what time we're on stage? And just, there's been all sorts of planning. And I don't know if I said at any point, but there was a point where the planning was a nightmare and it was all a bit confusing and no one really knew what was going on. But I tell you what, it, it came together perfectly. Like, oh, yeah. you know, when, when it was really time to come together, it came together. It always um, does, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yeah, man. Well, it certainly, it certainly did. But yeah, as I was saying, pre-production was just a joy. Um, spending time with them, having a laugh, um, and just being stupid, really, and not having any uh, shared responsibility. Do you know what I mean? Because I suppose back in the day, we had a shared responsibility of something that was on the decline and that wasn't even our fault it was more of an economic thing really but by the by coming back now all we've got to do is nail these shows and as soon as we see all the gear and uh, you know play fucking half one song and just like this is going to be a fucking piece of piss this is going to be brilliant man this isn't going to be difficult this isn't going to be a chore in any way and uh, any worries that i had about oh am i going to actually enjoy it or is it going to pass me by and all those sorts of things you know did none of that came to fruition um yeah, because I spoke to you the week, you know, a couple of days before those rehearsals started. And I know you were definitely like, um, you know, you kept telling yourself and I could tell that you were not really sure, but you were like, everything's going to be fine once we get through these practices. <laughs> but I could tell you yeah. were telling yourself because you really weren't sure yet. <laughs> absolutely. That, that were absolutely the case. You know, like I was, there was a bit of me that were like, you get two days into production rehearsals and Rob turns around and goes, look, I my voice is fucked. You know what I mean? What, my voice is gone. And that is like, we are, we, we had all that time taken away from us in terms of available rehearsal time due to everyone's schedules. And what it meant was we had a really intensive week right before the gig. Yeah. In, in any normal circumstance, that's perfect. But in a circumstance where you've got a singer where his voice can very quickly become overused and there's not really much indication, it's kind of fine, 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 bang, it's overused. You know, it's not like, lads, let's back off. I can feel this. It just kind of happens. Mm. So that was shitting me up, man. That was fucking shitting me up and I don't mind swearing about it because it was, you're just like, oh God, like, 
that's the last thing we need two days in and rob's like look my voice is jacked up <laughs> i don't yeah. know what to tell you but my voice is fucked here so that was a real worry but for all that to have gone as smooth as it did and um you know i think it's fair to say rob rob really enjoyed it man and it was a fucking pleasure and it, I love watching the, is it the truth video? It's a truth video where I do that guitar solo in it. And you know, that's, that's just production rehearsals is that. And Rob's losing his shit, man. Like back in the day, he's just losing his shit and doing like air guitar, like all, all these, but I fucking love that stuff, mate, honestly. And there's a little clip as well from Tempsey where um playing uh, new instrument, uh, uh, fucking no danger. Sorry. Ooh, yeah. And he does like a fucking 360, does like a big spinning 360 while he's playing guitar. I just love little moments like that, mate. Bring me so much fucking joy. They really do. Amazing yeah, he, stuff. Yeah, he was definitely showing some dance moves <laughs> towards towards the end of No Danger. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. I think I think it was just a fucking all of it was just brilliant. Yeah, it was just all you know, as as we keep uh, endlessly reiterating on this podcast, but you know, I love I love that about this podcast. I love that it's just like an ongoing um stream of consciousness about the the fallout from that gig and you know, we'll see um we'll see what happens next on that front. But yeah, um I think we've probably reached uh, another episode worth and my voice keeps cutting in and out, which means um <laughs> Yeah, it's probably about time that we wrap this one up. But yeah, another thank you to to all the new listeners on the podcast. Because you know the mad listens on some of these new episodes. So thank you so much to everyone who's uh, giving the podcast a listen and um, yeah, making the prom king even more of a celebrity that that he already is. But you know, I don't know. We've got to keep uh, we've got to keep make sure his ego don't get too big. Do you know what I mean? Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> Fuck off, Pete. <laughs> Right, so on that note, um, yeah, thank you uh, very much, everyone, for listening. Um, yeah, man, that's been episode 60, uh, no, 70. 70. 70, fucking hell, I'm getting confused. Episode 70, that is mind-blowing. Um, but yeah, uh, can't wait to record more, man. Still still really enjoy it. So yeah, thank you, everyone, uh, for listening, and we'll speak to you later. Fuck off, Pete. <laughs> way to get the last word in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>